Welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. I'm your host, Kevin Kaufman, and today our guest is none other than my friend Nick McLean. This is his second time now here on the podcast. Real quick, do me a favor though before I get into it. If you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. That's ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA. And please, please, please leave us a review. All right, on to my guest, Nick. Nick is awesome. He is a broker owner amazing real estate agent, really good person, and just extremely intelligent guy who I think you're going to really, really like. Uh, he's the owner of the Nick, Nick McLean Real Estate Group. He's also a pilot, and as I mentioned, has been on the show before. We talk about a lot of things in the show, but I think the thing that I really liked the most was Nick broke down what he calls the seven stages of growth for a productive real estate agent, and he uses this in his training and onboarding for his brokerage. So I hope you enjoy today's episode with none other than Nick McLean. All right, guys, we are back uh, with the returning guest, uh, Nick McLean. Nick, how's it going, buddy? Uh, it's an honor to be a, re- a returning guest on your podcast. I was just telling you how impressed I am at how consistent you are at delivering the best content. I mean, probably the best content in the real estate industry uh, week after week after week. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It means a lot to me coming from someone like you. And I'll, I'll share the funny story. I wasn't necessarily going to share this with the, with the listeners, but I will share it uh, right before I hit record. You know, when I was, you are a returning guest. I just looked, it was March of 2020 when we released it. So we probably recorded somewhere in February, right before the world ended, basically. <laughs> and uh, as I like to call it, but I, man, I reached, you know, it's a funny story. I reached back out to you recently because what I've noticed in our downloads is that episode, which is now almost two years old, has been consistently one of the most popular and most downloaded episodes for the last four or five months. So it's one thing to see, you know, when I have a great episode and, and you were an amazing guest, we talked a lot about your, your experience in history and the way you've built your organization, which is super, super impressive. It's one thing to see the total downloads, like in, in to see, oh yeah, well, that's a top five or top 10 all time. But when you see one that old actually be, as popular or more popular than the new releases like that is something that that's an outlier so yeah. that's why we're back again is because we reconnected over that i'm really glad that we did man so i'm excited to catch back up yeah i'm, I'm excited I, and i'm i'm excited to go re-listen to that and kind of figure out where was i two years ago what was my mindset like because whatever i was doing worked and it's probably the same thing I did. Yes. Boring thing I did yesterday that worked. You know, it's funny because someone's like, Nick, what's your goal? 2020. I go, I don't know. I'm going to do what worked yesterday. Yeah. Right. Uh, isn't, so, it, isn't that true? You and I were also talking offline about how sometimes when you talk to someone, we were talking about a couple like literal, I would say, I think it's fair to call both of these people a genius, mm-hmm. uh, at least in their own right, you know, in their, in their, in their chosen fields how when you talk to someone who's really got something at a high level, it sounds just so simple when they talk mm. about it. Mm. You were telling me yeah, about a have, book. What uh, Carl, was it? Carl Pilmer? Yeah. 30 lessons of life. Carl Pilmer. Tell me, tell me about that book. Like how did you find that book and what's uh, what's been your favorite takeaway from that? Mm. Well, this is a really impactful book and it's really changed my life because I was at a place in, in my life, in my business growth, where I had achieved more, I had achieved more money, more success, more growth than I had anticipated. Right. And then you talk, you hear about this in business books where the mission needs to be big enough and the vision needs to be big enough. And the bot, why guys are big enough, but you know um, you know, you reach this expectation level. And so um, 
I reached out to, um, and I can go here, you know, there's, there's, there's an author, Morgan Housel is an author. He wrote a book called psychology of money. And that's a book that I highly recommend to anyone listening to this. And Kevin, I recommend it to you. Um, it's a fantastic book and it's going to sell a million. I think it's probably over a million copies now. Wow. And, um, you know, talking to, I was, I had the fortune, I was fortunate enough to have a conversation with Morgan and he recommended that I read Carl Pilmer's book. And here's the part that I want to really impress upon everybody here. Carl Pilmer is a gerontologist and that means he, he studies elderly people. He calls them experts. He calls them experts and, you know, late stages of life. He's a professor and he interviewed 2000 of them, 2000. And the takeaway I want to give you is he interviewed 2000 of them about their career path, about their jobs, about work. Like, what does that mean to them? And one takeaway was not one, not one person out of the 2000 people, not a single person said they wish they would have made more money or that they wish they would have chose a career that had higher income potential. Not a single person. Not a single person. Now we list, we get into real estate because we want money or we need money or we're urgent for money or we want opportunity, right? And so that's a good thing. But at the same time, right? You need to figure out what's meaningful, right? What's the meaningful work? Because I'm a firm believer in doing things for the long haul, right? I'm a firm believer in doing things to survive because I find that the people that survive right? The podcasts that have the most episodes that are doing it the longest seem to be the ones that have the most downloads, right? There's some principles here. So, so find that, find whatever that is that makes your work meaningful and focus on that. And if that, that's part of the process, I know nobody here, I could probably interview, I could probably interview 2000 real estate agents and not one of them is going to say depositing the commission check is the most meaningful part of the transaction, Right. So we're always chasing commission checks and sales, but I'm going to tell you this, and I don't know if this is true, but depositing that money in the bank is probably the most anticlimactic part about the real estate industry. Yeah. It's almost such a letdown. You don't want to do it again, but we have amnesia. So we do it over. We're chasing that. Right. So, so for me, it's always been about not always, but it's not chasing that it's chasing the parts of the, the process that are most meaningful, that, that give me the most joy and doing that over and over and over and over again. And what I've done recently and, and I, what I found is I really, really enjoy and I'm really, really passionate about uh, coaching, leading and training agents, coach, leading, training agents um, to be more productive. And, and how can I get them productive quicker, you know, more reliably and sustainably so they don't fail out. And failing out isn't just like, oh, I didn't make money, but like burning out and not liking what you do and comparing yourself to other people. So, you know, Carl Pilmer's book is is really important one. And, you know, if you can get anything out of this, it's like, it's true. It's true. You know, not one of you is at the end of the day is going to, you know, regret not making more money. Not one of you. Yeah. You know, it's funny. um, So you mentioned uh, Morgan, who, who referenced that book to you or, or referred that book to you from Carl Pilmer, when you and I recently reconnected and you told me about Morgan's book, I, I was like, okay, 
I'm going to go read that. I thought it was another book. And I was like, no, that's, that's definitely, I went and looked at the cover. I was like, okay, that's not it. I'm going to read it because you spoke so highly of it. And I read it. And the thing that jumped out at me instantly, Nick, was the fact that the principles that he talks about in this book, to me, I went, oh, that applies, I think, everywhere in life. Now he's talking about money and I won't even try to sell the book here, but it's just amazing. Go, go read it. If, even if you don't want more money or if you don't want to understand the psychology of money, which I think is what attracted you and I as the, the psychology part of it. Um, but the, just the principles that show up in that book and how that actually shows up in life and in business in so many other places, that was the thing that really got me. And I went, oh, okay, this is a guy who's really talking about what I like to call the long game. You, you, mm. you as well, you and I have talked about that before and how when you play, uh, I heard it say this way, you play uh, one of my favorite people who I guess is not really an author, really not even a philosopher, but his name's Naval Ravikant. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says is like, play long-term games with long-term people, right? That's like, that's something that's important to me. And it's clear to me that's important to you as well. And I just, I couldn't get enough of that book and that overwhelming, um, that message. And I'm excited to go dive into this other book by Carl Pilmer as well. Yeah, there's, there's, I'm not interested with Naval. I've taken Naval into the real estate industry, into buyer sales and listing sales. And this is, this is part, this is cross training for everybody here is that you're not interested in short-term relationships. We talk about transaction, transactional relationships or, you know, transactional business or a relationship business in real estate. Okay. Well, think about it this way, long-term relationships or short-term relationships. I am not interested at all in my life moving forward, unless it's a long-term relationship. I want to be around people that are interested in long-term relationships. We did a podcast two years ago. We're doing one today. I'm hoping we can do another one in two years. Exactly. And then 20 years, right? I'm only interested in long-term relationships. And when you bring that philosophy into your business, and you tell, you look a client in the eye, a lead in the eye over the phone or in person or during the showings, or when they miss out on an offer because there's multiples, right? Or you didn't get the listing because some other agent got the listing and you let them know that it doesn't matter because you're in this for the long haul. You're only interested in long-term relationships. And so it hasn't ended yet. The relationship hasn't ended yet at all. We're going to continue on. And I'll look people in the eye and this has won me a lot of business is I'm not going to give up no matter what happens, no matter what you do, whatever, whatever pops up, I'm not giving up. I can control that. I'm not going to quit on you. Is that okay with you? Ask your client that. Is it okay if I don't give up on you? Right. Ask that one. See how, see how that works out in your business. And because we talked about key metrics, right? Key metrics. Okay. More phone calls, more contacts, more appointments. Okay, great. Here's a key metric. Here's a, here's a leading measure, a leading measure that reason that will result in a legging measure. How many times have you looked someone in the eye and said, you're not going to give up on them and ask them if that's okay. Say that increase the number of times you say that one and let me know if you sell more homes. I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's going to be yes. Yeah. So there's these like obvious things that we just don't do because we're, you know, even me analytical mind, there's ways that you can influence people, but genuinely do it because that's what you mean. Right. And that's what gives you meaningful work. I, I feel like I did a, I have a, I had a good day or I had a meaningful day because I had those impact points like that. Hope that makes sense. You know, I, I think also part of going, going deep into what we're talking about when it comes to recruiting agents, 
whether you're recruiting agents or whether you are an agent that wants to be in an environment in which you get to choose or choose not to be productive, right? You want to be more productive, right? There are four areas that there, there are four things you need to be looking at that make you happy, right? There's four things that are going to make you happy. Now there's a million things that are going to make you happy, but here's, here are the four, four areas that I'm focused on that make me happy. And this is based on what I learned from Morgan and Carl, right? And it's, these are fundamentals. These are laws. Number one, you, number one, you have to be part of something bigger than yourself. Being part of something bigger than yourself, you will be happier. You will be happy. I'm, watch, I'm watching World War II documentaries right now. It's just crazy what people are willing to do when they're part of something bigger than themselves. Human nature, right? And so what is that? What is it that you're part of? And if you're trying to grow something, are, are you growing something that is bigger than yourself so other people can join in with you and be part of that bigger thing, right? Because that will make them happy. That will make them happy just knowing that they're contributing something bigger than themselves. And a good analogy is religions. Yeah, nationalism, parties, identities, right? But also in our real estate industry, it's sometimes it's the franchise, it's the brand, it's the team, it's, it's also your personal brand. And you can extend that. Your clients might join you because they want to be part of something bigger than themselves. I'll tell you this right now. I had, I had plenty of haters, but I had a lot of people that love to love to know that they contributed to my success. Right. I have 500 Google reviews. They know because I've used it that they're, they had contributed to the whole. Their sale contributed to the whole. I reached out to somebody I sold a house to 12 years ago and I told her how thankful I was because she contributed to my whole, my career. Right? Hold on a second. You, you're telling me you reached out to a client from 12 years ago to say thank you. Yes. Be- yes, because... And I'm not even in production. I haven't been on an appointment in three years, Kevin, but it's because the, the tr- <laughs> she contributed to the whole. She contributed to something bigger than herself, bigger than me. I didn't know my career was going to be this big. And she was part of that. So does that make sense? Yeah. And, we, and it blew her mind. Instant, Facebook instant message blew her mind. Dude, you're blowing my mind and I'm not even the client. But it's funny when you said that, I just thought, I've one of my very first clients. So, uh, gosh, I probably took her listing 14 years ago. Uh, I heard this, this particular client's name is Annette. And I remember helping her, helped her twice within like a two year period, first two years in real estate. And I just, I pictured her right away when you said like, I'm literally, I'm going to reach out to her when you and I are done recording this. Just, I want you to know that I can only imagine how your client felt when you reached out to her. And, and so for you guys, those of you guys listening who like to take action on things, like I promise you that was a golden nugget that will serve you in a big way and serve the people in your life. No intention just to say, thank you. And that without you, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today. Yeah. And, and, you know, the most important transaction was your first transaction, your second most, your second one, because in, in your third one, your fourth one, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like maybe rank them, but I needed it bad. Right. I had $300 left in my bank account. Right. I had a bus pass so I can make it to the office. You know what I'm saying? So I yep. really meant it, but I can also do that for the person yesterday. And I teach my agents the same thing. It's like, you're a new agent. You remember these people because they're, they're, they're making a huge impact to the, to what is bigger than you. 
what you're going to become is bigger than bigger than what you are now. Right. So being in pursuit. Okay. So that goes to the second thing that I want to talk about pursuit of something people you are in, you are happier or happiest when you're in the pursuit of something, the pursuit. So if you're training agents or you're, you want to stay happy, you need to be in pursuit. Now there's the goal, right? But there's also just the pursuit of it. And what happens is when we're in the pursuit of something, if you follow like Huberman labs and things like yep. this is like, it actually releases dopamine and dopamine. There's a book called molecule of more, right? And I, I don't know if you can yeah. dive into that, Kevin, but it's like that dopamine release tells you to keep going. That's why when you deposit the commission check, you don't release dopamine because that's the end. Get it? You get it? That's why there's a letdown. There's no dopamine. But throughout that process, negotiating the offer, meet, calling them on the phone and getting nervous deposit, and meeting deposit, with them, yeah. right? That's releasing you going, keep going, keep going. And it goes back to, you know, like hunters and gatherers. It's like you find a little bit of water, keep going. There might be more water. There might be more seeds or berries, right? So I like to play with that. I always... As long as I'm in the pursuit of something and it doesn't matter what it is, I feel really good about myself. So I want to do that. Can I, can I stop? I don't I want to make sure we cover the other two, but on this dopamine thing, Nick, like, I think what you just hit on is so important because if we can learn to understand how that works, there's, there's a, like everything else, there's, there's duality, right? Mm-hmm. There's the, when we learn those things that we do get those dopamine hits from like, I'm going to get one when I call Annette after we're done. Right. I, and mm-hmm. so it's going gonna, it's gonna to say, keep going. Right. And there's these things that we can do that are good. And if we recognize we get dopamine hits from that, now we can set up our activities and our lives. So where the things that give us dopamine hits are also the things that bring us more of what we say we want. The flip side of that, the reason why, as an example, social media is the easy one to make fun of, or just you, or just the media in general works in such a terrible way against us is because the same exact system Mm. is working against us. So knowing how it works, knowing how to use it for good, knowing how to use that power for evil is so key in my opinion. It is key. And you're in, you're in a battle, you know, as a real estate agent, you're in a battle for people's attention and, and for the pursuit of something. So, you know, controlling someone's focus is controlling what's important to them. And so, you know, when you're talking about lead generation and contacts and things like that, they're on this death scroll, right? And the death scroll is in pursuit of something novel, interesting, exciting, sad, right? It's unexpected. So they're actually in the pursuit. So they're releasing dopamine going, "Ah, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come, it's going to come, right? And so the same thing happens, you know, with your agent. You ever have a buyer or seller that kind of ghosts you, kind of goes away, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Well, you got to get them, you got to, you got to get them back on the pursuit, right? You know, trying to sell the destination is the terrible way to make a living, you know, and I get that. I get it. You do have to do that. Buy a home. It's a good time to buy. It's a good time to sell, but you know what, how about this reinforce, let them know when they're doing the behaviors uh, that's moving them forward. So like, I like to encourage my clients and my buyers and my leads that they're doing the right things, reinforce good behaviors. If I want my clients to buy more homes or to buy a home, I'm going to encourage them to go look at my website more and more often. I'm going to nudge them to go back to the website. Right. You know, it's not about going off on a tangent, but it doesn't make sense. I'm always trying to get people in the pursuit of it. And that's searching. If you look at you know, Zillow, they, they, they crush it in terms of nudging people to go back to the site 
and scroll and search. They know that's the leading measure, right? Yeah. That's going to sell them ads. That's going to sell them leads. That's going to sell them to you, right? You should be doing the same thing. You should be doing the same thing. So, but you can play this with yourself too. The pursuit of something is the fun part. So play with that. Um, the other thing is, you know, okay. Per- pursuit of something, being part of something bigger than yourselves, um, connections and relationships, right? That the connections and relationships, the more connections and relationships you have, the happier you're going to be. And that's the beautiful thing about being in real estate is you get to create and establish more and more relationships. The reason someone's going to join your company is because they feel like what they, they're going to experience more connections and relationships that are meaningful to them, that are impactful to them. Right. And that's why the environment matters so much. The reason an agent doesn't join your team, same thing. There might be a connection or relationship where they are. They don't want to lose or their feel for they're going to loss. And that's where loss, loss aversion pops in too. Right. Does that make sense? So that's really important. So it's like, okay, well, if I'm talking to a lead or I'm talking to a client too, it's like, okay, well, I need to connect and build a relationship quicker and quicker and quicker, because that's going to, that's going to forge um, something meaningful that's going to transpire, probably more meaningful than any agreement you can put into place, right? Absolutely. And then the, the single most important thing that I love is control of one's own time. When you're in control of your own time, you are happy. Yeah. And Morgan Hauser says something, and I can't steal it, but he, I, I say it all the time. It's, it's, the difference, it's, it's the difference between being homeless and going camping. Being homeless and going camping is a choice right? And you're in control. And so, you know, when I think about leadership too, to give you an example on control one one's time, you might have an employee, right? That, that is not in control of their own time because they work nine to five, but the principle works. And I'll show you how the principle works. You train them so that they, that, and so that you can trust them to make their decisions on what's most important to work on, because if they get to control what they work on, they have to be there, but within that time, within that framework, they have the control of their own time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it, you know, what I've done with my staff and my people is like, okay, well, let me make sure that they're trained up to the point in which they can, they can autonomously make their own decisions on what's best for the company. And for them to make the right decision on what's most important, they need to know the overall goal and mission and impact they have in, in and impact that they have in their organization, their department and other people's departments. So I let them choose. You tell me what's most important to work on today based on what we want to accomplish here as a leader. This is what we need to accomplish on a daily, weekly, monthly, but you choose how we're going to get there and report back to me on how report back to me on how that gives them more meaning to their job, which means they're going to stay with me longer. They're going to work longer hours. They're going to have more impact. And it's, and it just, it goes there too. Same thing with my agents. It's like, okay, same thing. I love this like mandatory meeting culture. Oh, mandatory meeting culture. Okay, cool. Let me know how that works out long-term. So they're not you. So, so they got into an industry where they want to control their own time and you're going to tell them that they can't control their own time. Okay. How about this? How about not making the meeting mandatory, but it's now it's on you as the leader to make sure the meeting's so good. They want to do it and they choose to do it because if they choose to join the meeting, they might actually listen and they might actually implement it. You know what I'm saying? They might actually contribute to it. So you can play around with these things, right? For you personally, but also for the person that you coach, lead and train in your organization. Or 
how are you leading your clients too? Because you can play around with your clients. Why should you buy a home? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe buying a home contributes to something bigger than yourself, like your family. You ever have someone say that to you? Oh, well, I got to do what's best for my family. Yeah, because it's bigger than you. Absolutely. Yep. So maybe buying a home is bigger than you and will help you achieve that goal. I don't know. Maybe that, right? Maybe buying a home will, will allow you to have a shorter commute time so you can have more time that you're in control of. Maybe buying a home with a Zoom room allows you not to, ha- to work remotely so that you can have more control of your own time, right? So you can do that. Buying homes a pursuit of something. Pursuit of what? Well, I don't know. Equity, freedom, security, right? So you can play around with these things and you can really figure out how to make a sale yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or lead people. It's so funny. I mean, at the end of the day, whether you're, it's the same, it's again, it goes back for me, it's going back to why I thought psychology of money was such a great book is because it was these principles that was, that just jumped off of the pages at me. And it's what you're saying now, whether we're talking about leading ourselves, leading our clients, leading employees or other 1099 contracted employees, if you will. Um, it's, it's the same principles. I love that. And what's clear to me, Nick, what I like about you, man, is like, you're such a, you're, you're clearly a deep thinker. You're into psychology. You've, you've gone from, Hey, how do I lead myself to how do I help others? And I think you've kind of become known at least in a lot, you and I met initially through John Cheplak's uh, masterminds, uh, some of the in-person stuff. And uh, I'd coached with John a number of times. And, you know, one of the things that was really clear to me the first time I heard you speak was, man, knowing how to train people is like, I was like, that guy, I was like, I, I didn't know you yet, but I was like, whatever that guy knows, it's, it, it's, he clearly knows how to, how to convey that to people. And I, I've noticed you've been doing a lot more um, coaching with kind of with in John's world and together with like some of the other, a bunch of other clients. Um, are you open to kind of sharing some more about that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, give me an example of where you want to go deep into that. Let's talk about, so like, you know, I feel like the first time you and I chatted, we talked about onboarding and check the kind of necessity for checklists. But I also know just through our, through our casual conversations recently, you've done a lot of work on how to train people, how to train for listings, right? How to take listings, which then if you can teach someone how to take listings, you can actually teach somebody how to train somebody else to take listings. Am I, am I on the right path? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like, um, there's, there's an evolution to this process and I'll kind of break this down. Cause I always like, the, I, I like frameworks for everybody when it comes to onboarding somebody, um, uh, an agent, a, an employee, right? There's, there's seven steps. There's seven steps that I'm going to share with you. And because I, I kind of failed people on onboarding. I, I failed them at thinking that I can give them a checklist and then they're going to bring someone on into productivity. And there's so much more to that when it comes to onboarding. Number one, number one step of onboarding anyone into your culture or even you going into a new, a new, a new place is to be productive is you need indoctrination. Indoctrination. That's, that's, that's really teaching someone to, to take on a set of beliefs, a shared set of beliefs. Right. So when you bring on a new agent or you want to bring on a new agent, step one, indoctrination, they need to know who you are, what you are, how you, how you do things. So if it's an experienced agent or a new agent, that experienced agent needs to know how you do things though. 
How do you sell homes? How do you list them? What are your standards? What are your expectations? What are your beliefs, right? What are your values? And so it's the indoctrination process. In the airline industry, they do the same thing. They call it indoc. They call it indoc. Day one, indoc. We know you know how to fly a plane. You have a license. We don't have to. Why would we spend the first week teaching you how to fly? What's a wing? What's an engine? No, we already know that. We trust you already know that. You have a real estate license. We trust you already know things. Okay. Right. But how do we, what is our philosophy when it comes to connections and relationships and controlling your own time and your schedules? What are these things? Right. So that's indoctrination. Step one. Number two is onboarding. Number two is onboarding. Onboarding is like, here's your apps, here's your documents, here's your desk, here's your printer, here's your key to the office, here's your logins and passwords. Boring. Boring, right? Get them in, but you got to get them all their tools, right? Yep. Okay. Next step three, right? Now you can go to step three. Okay. I don't know what day this is for you. It's probably day seven or eight. I would say I spend the first week on Indoc. And well, maybe I, I don't do boot camp style. I do one, one hour a day. I Got do it. one hour a day. That's what I do on onboarding, if you're curious on that. Now, if you do boot camp style, it's probably the first half of the day. Right. And you definitely need to bring in the CEO or visionary to come in and talk. Right. Day one. Day one. Can I emphasize that enough? I don't know who you guys are, but you know, day one, that owner visionary needs to be saying, thank you for joining the team. Right. I remember when I got, I got hired at Focus Air Cargo, our airline industry, yeah. CEO came in day one. Thank you so much. Right. This is our vision. This is our mission. Right. You know, honor, honor that. So anyways, uh, step three is skills. Step three is skills. And I think we, we jumped this a little too fast. We give people scripts and dialogues day one. It's, you know, well, okay, so how do I sell real estate? I don't know. Here's a script. Start practicing. <laughs> role play. Role play. We're going to role play now. And we're going to role play tomorrow. And we're going to role play every day for the rest of your career. Because you need to be sharpening the axe constantly. And I get it. You should be 100%, right? But that's, <laughs> let's boil this frog. So number three, skills. So you got to get the skills. And what are all of the skills that you want your agents to have or you want to have, right? The next, the next level is knowledge. So there's, there's like this knowledge base that people need. What are the knowledge? And knowledge is different than skills. Knowledge is like, you know, your contracts, your agreements, um, negotiations. I mean, you could, you could say that skill too. And then step five is IOE, initial operating experience, initial operating experience. Okay. Now you're going to go out in the real world with your client, right? So, you know, you know what we stand for, you know, you have all the tools, you have all your logins and all your resources available to you. You know, you have a skill set that we've determined that you're proficient enough at, right? With, a, with enough knowledge or know where to get the knowledge that I'm okay with you being with the client. Okay. Initial operating experience. And so, but that initial operating experience at some level needs to be observed, right? Because here's what I say. When, when a pilot, when a pilot's at the gate, when the pilot is in the plane at the gate, there's a CEO of the company, CEO of 
American Airlines CEO of Delta. There's a CEO, there's a CEO, there's a CIO, CTO, CBO, director of training, superman. As soon, as soon as that airplane pushes back and is no longer on the gate, the captain is the CEO of the company. Yep. Nothing else matters. The CEO can't help him. CEO can't help him. Nobody can help them. The pilot in command is. So here's my analogy. When, when you have an agent, if anyone here wants to build a team or have agents, right? When that agent is with the client, they are the CEO of the company, not you, not you. So you better be damn sure that they know that. And one, they know that and that you know that, right? So before you let them push back, you got to make sure they're proficient, okay? Now you got to let your people fail. You got to let them make mistakes. And what I like to say is, you know, I, I know you're going to make mistakes, but I want to know that since we're not in the airline industry, no one's going to die, right? But I, I want to know what you're going to do when you make a mistake. What are you going to do about it, right? So an IOE needs to be somewhat observed because we don't want them crashing and burning and getting discouraged, all right? And we also want to reinforce good behavior, even when the result isn't good, right? So you have a new experienced agent on your team, right? And they go out with a client and it doesn't go well. They don't get the desired result, but they did a good job. You want to reinforce that they did a good job, right? We're not trying to find their errors. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Now, at the same time, if I have an agent out there and they got a good result, I still want to observe it because what if they got a good result and it was luck and it's going to reinforce that they do the more of that. I, a good example is I have agents all the time. They go, Nick, I had the best phone call ever. Really? Awesome. You did. Yeah. Million dollar buyer showing them homes this weekend. I go, Whoa, awesome. So, so um, uh, where do they live? I didn't ask him that. Oh, okay, cool. No, no problem. Do they own a home? I didn't ask him that. Who are they buying it with? Are they married? What's, what's their names? Oh, I didn't ask him that, but I got a really great client, great phone call. Oh, so it was a great result. Okay. Let's focus on the process a little bit because we got to get better, right? So that IOE is going out there and making sure that they're implementing what they learned, right? And, and, and after that, then it's just on the job training, OJT. Now they're just on the job. They're signed off. They don't really need to be observed anymore. Okay, no problem. But you know what they should do though? And I don't care who you are, you should have to report. So OJT, you still report. Who are you reporting to? And you know what? It, everyone here should be reporting to somebody. I know Kevin and myself, we were coaches, we help people, but at the same time, we hire people because we want to we understand we need to be reporting to somebody. Yep. Because we want feedback, right? We want to improve. We want people to 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 point out our blind spots or our holes, because here's the thing. Everyone here makes mistakes. Everyone here makes mistakes. Like as a pilot, we know this as a pilots, we know this pilot error is the number one reason for a crash or an accident. Okay. Well, human error is the number one reason you don't make a sale. Right. It is. It's usually not something you did. It's something you didn't do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you didn't get the appointment not from because something you said is because something you didn't say, right? You didn't ask the right questions. And so these principles kind of go layers deep, 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 deep. And so I think about these things. So it's like, okay, well, what do I want them to report? 
and I, I need to make sure that the, that them reporting, they know there's not top down a to-do list, you know, it's not micromanaging. And then the seventh level that I've identified in the growth of a productive agent, right? A successful agent is teaching, teaching. And how soon can I get somebody within my organization to teach what they learned to somebody else? I don't wait until they're nine years in the industry and they've earned my respect to teach it. I'm the only one that gets to teach in my organization. No, 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 no. Get this. So I had an agent, uh, agent on my team, day 21, come to me. Nick, I have a question about my, I have an appointment tomorrow and I have a question on how to do it. Perfect. What are your questions? I answered his questions. I go, awesome. Well, here's, here's the rule at our organization. Riker, his name's Riker. Riker, here's the rule at our organization. If I teach you something, that means you got to teach it to somebody else. So um, who are you going to teach it to? Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, how about Jacob? Okay, Jacob. Okay, so you, you will you teach Jacob what I just taught you? Yeah, okay, great. So share it, share it, report it, teach it. So I go this, okay, Riker, here's what I want you to do. On our Slack channel, I want you to, to take what I just told you and put it in writing and share it on Slack. So everyone in the organization can learn what I just taught you. I want you to um, teach it to Jacob. And then I want you to report back to me after tomorrow how it goes, right? So that's kind of the, if when I, when I, when I really dove into onboarding, I dove into those seven areas and I'm like, okay, how do I, in each layer is you're always kind of impacting those, those points. Did I go too in depth? <laughs> no, honestly, I was thinking like, uh, uh, we could probably go for three more hours on this. Um, like the, like the story I told you about uh, prior to us hitting, hitting record, man. That was solid. I, I think uh, I I think this is a good jumping off point. Um, that said, I may you, I know you said I hope we record again in two years. I, I don't think we're gonna wait two years, dude. I think we're gonna be doing a part two of this real soon. I think you're, last time I went into delegation. I think our last podcast I went into delegation too. Yeah, like, that's the way my brain works. I I break things down, right, and then I think about all of the ways I can I can impactfully implement it i love that because as a guy be personally who, who i don't naturally think like you and i could see that you break that you've got that you bring these frameworks to thing when i've got a framework for something that brings me so much relief and to go okay now i can just, i can focus on these things and i can go even even though they're harder for me to see initially when i start to see the the just a little bit of the outlines i'm like yes let's let's go there and so I, I can tell you that I really appreciate it. It's a very, very much an ADD kind of shiny squirrel type of guy. Um, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the fact that you think like that. Um, <laughs> for anybody, because man, I, I'm promising you this. Someone's listening right now and they're going, all right, whatever that guy's teaching, I need, I need to learn more of, or I need to catch up with that guy more. What is the best way for people to find you, follow you, et cetera, if they, whether they want to inquire about your, your coaching classes or just kind of keep up with you in general? Oh, well, I'm on Facebook. Facebook, Nick McLean Real Estate, I think is my hashtag, if there's a hashtag on Facebook. And then on Instagram, Nick McLean RE. Instagram, I think it's Nick McLean RE. Or on, on Instagram and Twitter, hashtag. 
just follow me on there. I'm, I'm posting, I post something long form content almost every day, every single day. You and I have a passion for, yeah. for, for writing. And so I write almost every single day. So follow me there. Um, I coach with Shep Black Select Coaching. Uh, we help you know team leaders, top producers, and broker owners recruit, attract, recruit, and retain, and train their agents into productivity. And that's what we do every single day. Um, I'm in Wenatchee, Washington. I sell real estate. You know, I'm I'm still broker owner. I'm in the trenches with people, so it's not theory. Everything I teach is not theory. It's it's what we actually do, um, and that we're improving upon. So that's how you find me. And I uh, hope to hear from you guys. I'm always available. Direct, direct message me. I'd love to hear from you guys. Awesome. All right, guys, you heard him. Um, reach out to Nick and uh, we'll make sure we get him back on again here real soon to kind of run this back. And we'll go a little bit deeper on a, on a few other uh, few other items as well. So Nick, thanks a lot, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. This is a lot of fun. Uh, just getting to dig back into that mind of yours and hear what's going on. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll be doing, I think we're going to have to do another part, part two to this one soon. Awesome, man. Appreciate All, right, brother. All right, guys, take it easy. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you again next week. Today's episode is brought to you by Kevin and Fred's community at eXp Realty. Learn why over 1000 real estate agents joined eXp Realty last week. Join us for an informational webinar this Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Register at intro to eXprealty.com.